Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Hey, storm our courts all you want. We love to have you here on Fox Sports Sunday. Welcome in as we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there at unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Another jam-packed show in what is, sne- in a sneaky way, Brian, now, one of the slowest sports uh, times of the entire calendar. Everybody wants to point to the all-star break in the middle of summer and the week that follows after, but you've got a little bit going on there. You've got the open championship in golf. You've got training camps starting up, but now with the combine on the horizon, franchise tags start to be handed out. I think we're out of this little post-Super Bowl hangover that's kind of been lingering around sports over the last week or so. Yeah, there's plenty to talk about. I just had a quick flashback to the COVID year, Dan. I don't know why my mind went here, but the thing I thought of was when there were no sports going on, we still had a good amount of stuff to talk about, you know? Yes. And so now, like, you add in all this stuff. You could talk NBA. You could talk college hoops. NFL is always in season, even in the off season, right? You got plenty of stuff to get to. So, uh, yeah, we're locked and loaded over here. I'm never worried about something to talk about. I do think, though, as a sports fan, there is a bit of a withdrawal. Now, if you're into NASCAR and NASCAR right now is on Fox, that helps a lot. But we talked about it last week how the NBA All-Star Game didn't do much for us. And honestly, with March Madness on the horizon, I don't know on which levels of hoops you're ready for because I think March Madness dominates our minds for about a month or at least three weeks and filling out brackets and how that's going to work out. And then we kind of go back to the NBA after that. So right now out of the All-Star break, there's just, heck, the PGA Tour, you know, after an elevated event last week is in Mexico and no offense, but it's kind of a no-name field. There's just not a lot happening in terms of 
stuff to 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 fill your cup. If you love college hoops, uh, day in and day out, then it's all for you. But but honestly, for stuff that is there to grab, to sit down and watch, and to to take in and and, and suck up, I think that right now this this third week in February, last week in February sort of deal could rival what we get every summer in July. Yeah, it could. It could. It just depends what you're into. Um, I'm heavy into hoops. Always have been. So this time of year, I'm, I'm very interested in, of course, ramping up to the big dance. We all love the big dance. But um, at this time of the year with the NFL being done, I've been watching college hoops in the NBA throughout the season, no, but sure, especially now. It. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I, I get your point. I totally get It's sort of like, um, you know, it, this is kind of like the a la carte menu of the sports season. You know what I mean? Where there's no consensus. You see the ratings, Dan. You see how huge the NFL is. The numbers are off the charts. So we just load up on that if it's a thanksgiving meal like we're all on board with the nfl you know and then Mm -hmm. hey maybe you like cranberry sauce maybe you don't maybe that's the nba is your cup of tea for the other person maybe it isn't so yeah i I hear you on that it's more a la carte there's no consensus so what does it for you might not do it for the person who's listening so (laughs) it's kind of tough yeah my point about college hoops is i love college basketball but you're about to get the best part of college basketball is on the horizon. Yeah. And there's stuff that's going on right now that in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if it changes as much of what we're going to get. Now there's teams on the bubble at Michigan State team playing right now on CBS. I'm sure Michigan State fans are worried. Gonzaga gets a win yesterday trying to keep their NCAA tournament streak alive. And Kentucky has the big win against Alabama. But as a whole, as we sit there and, yeah, all get together and, and, and gather in, you know, the big stuff is is on the horizon. It's weird, right? Because as much as I love hoops, the it doesn't mean as much, right? If you compare it to college football, before we are going into a 12-team playoff next year, I mean, that was the gold standard in the regular season being important. The NFL was just behind where I mean, you can drop games, but it's affecting your seating. It's affecting whether you're going to win your division or not. Like, that's a big deal. You compare that to the college hoop season, you've had some big losses here and there, and you're like, were they big losses? Duke lost yesterday. Creighton lost today. And it's like, yeah, it could affect their seating, but doesn't really matter in the NBA you know it's one of 82 it doesn't really matter sure it could affect your seating and those sorts of things but it's just different in terms of what's riding on a particular game in basketball as much as I love it it's just it's completely different there's no doubt about it it's what happened at the end of the game uh, that is such a big deal now in college hoops and apparently it was a big deal the Wake Forest because they felt the need to rush the court yesterday in a topic that's about 24 hours old but still gets the conversations going this is uh, this is how a plan brought. I think you actually you even have the audio yourself of what went down at the end of that Wake Forest upset win against Duke on Saturday. Yeah, this is uh, to set the stage how it sounded on ESPN with Filipowski of Duke getting collided by with a couple of Wake Forest Demon Deacon fans. Check this out. How Filipowski is being helped off by members of the Duke staff, and you saw the immediate bear hug surrounding him. This court storming is in full effect with Filipowski hobbled. Wow. That should not happen. That right there is why court storming should not happen. Yeah. I mean, he's they're right, Dan. You can't have that. I was just thinking, and we'll compare notes, but I was thinking, 
court storming or rushing the field is partially what makes college sports cool, and it's partially what makes it very dangerous. And I think there's got to be a way to meet in the middle where you're not nullifying it completely. It might be a little bit sanitized. Maybe you have to wait a little bit until the opposing team leaves the field or the court first, and then you get out there. But I think there's a way we could meet in the middle. It's not as if if you're delayed by 10 seconds, the fans would be like, screw this. I'm not going sure. out there now. You know, like there's got to be a way to meet in the middle. And, with and, this. and there is a way, and, and other schools have figured it out, and unfortunately for Duke, it happens to them always. It always does. Like Duke is the poster child for having the fans run on the court when they lose, no matter if Duke is number one in the country, no matter if they're top 10. Heck, even if they're top 25, if you go on the road and you beat Duke, fans are ready to rush the court. Duke head coach John Shire, after the game yesterday, after Kyle Filipowski injured his leg in that court storming. Disappointed we lost. But look, for me, it's I'm more concerned about the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it, it's a dangerous thing. But you look around the country and Caitlin Clark, something happens. And now Flip, I don't know what his status is going to be. He sprains his ankle. It's one thing, like when I played, at least it was 10 seconds in the court, you know, you would storm the court. Now it's the buzzer doesn't even go off and they're they're running on the floor. And this has happened to us a bunch this year. I don't want this to take away at all from Wake. They earned it. They deserve the win. They're they're really good. And 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 I think that what John Shire is saying is is a point that not many people are following up on because Brian, no, I'm not you're not saying this, I, I don't believe, and I'm not saying this to be controversial. I believe as a former collegiate student, not a student athlete, but as a student in knowing what that atmosphere is to get fans to the games, I understand the dangers of court storming. But I'm right there with you in terms of I think it's a part of the college game. Why do some schools figure it out and others don't? Ohio State didn't have it figured out when Caitlin Clark got run into. Wake Forest obviously did not have it figured out when it happened last night against Duke. And you want to know why I, I, Like you know Wake Forest didn't have it figured out? Not only was Kyle Filipowski injured, if you watch on the overhead video, and I know we can't do it here on radio, there was a pile of Wake Forest students who mm. were on the floor because they fell and then they were getting run over by other students. Like there's, there are ways to do this. There are ways to allow it. And whether it's the 10 second hold that John Shire says, whether it's to allow Duke to get off the court, because I believe there was a, you know, a 10th of a second or left in the game where you could move them off, move them, get them out of the arena, whatever that is, that's what you have to do. That's where Wake Forest failed. And I just, I feel it's easy because I've seen so many articles and I've seen so many college guys go on the air and saying, this needs to be banned. This needs to be banned. This needs to be banned. But isn't there a way that we can do it? Because I think there are other court stormings that happen where we don't have instances like this. Creighton was one, I think, that popped up. People were saying, look, they upset UConn the other day. UConn's bench was completely protected. None of their players were hurt. And the Creighton student body got to celebrate on the court. That's what it's all about. Like, So there is a – I'm with you. I think that there is a happy medium. I just put the blame on the schools for not recognizing and putting the security in place to stop this sort of stuff. I think sometimes it's on the schools and sometimes it's just, it's happenstance, you know? It's like, 
Uh, I'll, I'll compare it to – now, don't get me wrong. It's not quite the same thing as a mosh pit. I know you're a big metal head, right, Dan? You go out there in the mosh pits from time to time. You'd be yeah. – listen, I don't I, – not today's metal. I'm not uh, – you know, maybe a little Parkway Drive here and there, but – you know, I'm not not as much of a metalhead as as you are, Brian. Though. Okay. Well, fair enough. Whatever. But you know, you've been to a concert in the general admission section, and it can get a little rowdy. And there are times, whether you stroll into the mosh pit or not, or like there are times where maybe you take an elbow. <laughs> you know, maybe you get need. You know, there's always that potential when there are that many bodies around you. And then there are other concerts you might have gone to, and nothing happened. Not a scratch on you. But but the point is, there's always the potential for something to go wrong. I just flashed back to when Notre Dame in college football beat Clemson. This was during the pandemic, and it was a big controversy because there were a ton of fans on the field, you know, shoulder sure. to shoulder. But we, we looked at it from like a social distancing perspective. But if you think about it with Duke in mind yesterday, there's still the potential where Ten people are running at the same time, and one trips, and one falls. There's always that potential. So I think sometimes it just unfortunately unfolds that way, and other times it doesn't. And I don't think that it's always one school has it figured out and the other one doesn't. Sometimes you just luck out. But every sure. single time someone rushes the court and there are more than like the one person at Detroit Mercy, you know, when we were talking hundreds of people flooding the field or the court, there's always that potential for stuff to go wrong. I think that Kyle Filipowski uh, bears zero blame in any of this. And I know that people are trying to to point out that he tried to shove or tried to push but, but which is yeah. which is absurd. But it it's out there. Look at what he, look at what he tried to do with this guy. To, to he's your trying point, to spin move. Around. He's trying to bury Sanders <laughs> his way through the crowd. He didn't do anything the, wrong. The protection of Kyle Filipowski isn't only to make sure that he's not injured. It's also to make sure that Kyle Filipowski isn't in a place where he feels he would need to defend himself or to have a fan up in his face with the camera. Heck, we saw that as John Shire was trying to help Filipowski and others off the court. There's a kid running around with his camera. Like those are the those are the consequences as well. And that's, you know, you meant you mentioned Notre Dame and Clemson and I think it's a it's a good point to make for college football is there have been scary stadium inc- incidents before. Like there, sure. there absolutely has been. Uh 30 years ago at Wisconsin, there was a scenario where people were getting crushed as fans tried to run the field. I feel that there is a different – it's a different scenario, college football to college basketball. College basketball, quite frankly – it's usually a student section, right? Maybe behind a hoop. Maybe they're behind the bench, but it's not the entire lower bowl where you would have a yeah. you know a student section of fifteen thousand kids at any college football game, and they're the ones that are trying to run out. And it it actually changed the way that certain stadiums are you know in those seats are are constructed. There's now space. There's room in case something were to happen to protect those kids. But at the arena level, it's different because you're right there. But it also then tells me that they have an, an opportunity to funnel because I don't know any college that, you know, outside of Duke on their side and Michigan State and a few others have a bunch of different access areas for students. So if you can just funnel it to one place, hey, right. we're behind the soup. We have tons and tons of security here. If you want to go on the court, go ahead. But we're not letting you until the team comes off. Those are all viable solutions 
to do so. And I think a lot of this, Dan, a lot of it comes down to what are you personally signing up for? You know what I mean? If you're a fan that's coming down from the stands, they know that something could go haywire. They could trip and fall. Someone could fall on them. You know, something could happen to them. But they are willingly going out there. What opposing player, if you went up to Kyle Filipowski and said, all right, in the final seconds, if you guys don't score, they're going to rush the, the court, and you might have, you know, dozens of fans running right by you, maybe knocking into you. Like, There's no one that's like, yeah, cool, that sounds like yeah, fun. Like, you're right. You, at the very minimum, you have to get the opposing team off the floor and out of harm's way because no one would willingly sign up for that. The fans do when they go out there, and if something goes haywire, well, that just happened. But you can't play that game with an opposing player that would never say yeah that sounds cool let's do that I think it's it's it, it, when we look at how often this is happening now as I mentioned Duke wasn't number one entering yesterday's game you know like it wasn't but it's still Duke just like when Kentucky is these places have to have to figure out a way to protect those kids first there may be other scenarios as you said Kids get hurt. We mentioned the pilot Wake Forest student body. To your point, there is an assumed risk. I, you know, yeah. I would hope that nobody at Wake Forest is now suing the university because they tripped on the basketball court or uh, the ledge when they ran on it. Like there's, uh, yeah. like there'd be no way to do that. But I just, I, I feel like there is a way, and there is a way to get the team off. They don't have to shake hands with the opposing squad. Not a big deal, right? Right. Safe, right. you know, safety. Just uh, get them off, usher them off, or something like that's going to happen. If you're an official. Call a timeout. Just say, hey, timeout, it's on me. Hey, we're going to get Duke out of here. We're going to move on. If nobody's going to call a timeout, we're going to get them off the floor. <laughs> Looks like the fans are. There are a lot of ways to figure this out. But the, I just I, – I understand where everybody is coming from. And I say everybody, Brian, because I don't hear anybody meeting in the middle on this. It's ban court storming, ban court storming, ban court mm-hmm. storming. And it's not that we, you and me, agreed with everything that went on yesterday – I just think it's a part of the college experience. Yeah. It's a part about being excited about your basketball team. Those kids are running on the court. Most of them, I would hope, if not all, are not out there for malicious intent in trying to take out another player. Who's going to try to take out Kyle Filipowski when he's seven feet tall? Like, I know that he felt it was personal, but it wasn't. I'm sorry, it just wasn't. But that's in a situation that it. Filipowski should never have been in in the first place if Wake Forest did their job. And the job is to figure out a way to keep this tradition where no one is having to be injured from the opposing team. The opposing team is safe and the fans can celebrate with their fellow peers. Yeah, I think that sometimes we get far too overreactive where something went wrong yesterday and that was terrible for Filipowski. I hate seeing that. And it's like, just get rid of it in totality. (laughs) It's like, I think that's the last option. Can we try a few options in between yeah. to try to make it safer and yet still cool and still fun and still part of what makes college sports special? I think we can do that before we're like, just terminate it all together. <laughs> there are a few options that have not been extinguished yet, Dan, before we get to that part. Did you hear anybody on TV say, we kind of got to keep this? I didn't hear <laughs> one. I just, all, all I heard was just like, this has got to go. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I do believe I it was someone on ESPN 
Uh, it may have been Seth Greenberg. I thought someone said that they need to figure out a way. But other than that, it was across the board, whether it was CBS, whether it was Fox, whether it was other ESPN. It's all just ban it, ban it, ban it. Well, they can't stop it right now. Right. Like that's like if yeah. if it if it's they're not they're not letting the fans on the court because it's OK to be on the court. They're not letting the fans on the court because they're prepared. You know, they're not prepared right now. Fans aren't supposed to be on the court in the first place. So in that essence, it already is banned. But if it's inevitable right. from happening, figure out a way to make <laughs> it work. So everybody involved is safer when these situations arrive. It's funny because I'll say real fast, LSU, it's banned there. At LSU, you can't storm the court. They did when they beat Kentucky. Like, Angel Reese was on the floor during the men's basketball game storming the court, one of the many fans. Obviously, she didn't do anything wrong. I'm not saying that. But the point is, if it's already banned, they're still going out there. So, yeah, some things can be done. There's no doubt about that before you just say, get rid of it altogether. I just don't think you need to go that far just yet without trying some things first. You know, that's a last option. That's a last ditch option. And I don't think we're there yet, but it can't, you can't even have the possibility of the next person getting hurt like Filipowski did that you should never be limping off after you came into contact with a few overzealous fans that should never even be possible and it is every single time right now that part has to change he's Brian no I'm Dan Byer it is a Fox Sports Sunday we're already getting great response our pre-show tweet was sent out but if you need to know where you can hit us up hit Brian up at the no show that's N-O-E hit me up at Dan Byer on Fox coming up next Next, if you think college schools have an issue in trying to figure out court storming, what the heck are some of these commissioners doing with the college football playoff? We dive in next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, we're Cavino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly, because this guy oh, is overpromising things we never have time for. Yeah, you blubber lips. Blaming me. Well, you know what? It's called Overpromise. You should be good at it because you've been overpromising women for years. Well, it's a Cavino and Rich after show, and we want you to be a part of it. We're going to be talking sports, of course, but we're also going to talk life and relationships. And if Rich and I are arguing about something or we didn't have enough time, it will continue on our after show called Overpromised. Well, if you don't get enough, Kavino and Rich, make sure you check out Overpromised and also Uncensored, by the way. So maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after show podcast of all time. There you go. Overpromising. And remember, you could see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Kavino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. A lot of opinions about court storming, running onto the field. They're coming out, Brian Noah and myself, Dan Beyer. Like we're Cam Newton at a seven-on-seven passing camp. And we're trying to fight him off, Brian, now. <laughs> Sports Hutch, we'll get to that in a sec. Sports Hutch says, fans have no business being on the court or on the field. There are places people don't belong. Sandra says it's an NCAA issue. Maybe they should worry about that instead of focusing on cheeseburgers. And then Justin in Cincinnati took a shot at UCF. <laughs> Just some Which of the, is always funny. I love that. Just some yeah. of the flavor we are getting. And that's where I would just argue that the the college experience, and, and I don't want to name names, and I'm actually not naming a name because I'm supporting him, even though I disagree with his opinion. Gary Parrish, who I really, really like on CBS yeah. Sports, came out with very strong opinions on it, and then even took to social media saying, I've been talking about this for over a decade. I think court storming should be banned. And I'm not saying that Gary is in this scenario, but I've seen on highlight shows on ESPN, on networks where the fans storm the court, and I've never heard an analyst or an anchor say that stuff needs to stop. Like when they're yeah. showing the highlights of a game, they're like, and the fans are loving it in Tuscaloosa, right? That That's what we hear. There's yeah. no opinion of like security yeah. needs to get them off the field. We need to be better. When an incident like this that does happen, then it's the cries that happen. There's just a way. I think that we figured out a way for it to happen, but yesterday allowed everybody to come out and say, oh, we just need to get rid of it, get done with it. It's stupid. That's a great point, Dan, because how many times – is the field stormed or the court stormed and nothing bad happens and the detractors have nothing to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if this is bad all the time, well, then you got to be consistent and dust off that take every single yes. time the court is stormed, not just when Filipowski is contacted and limping off the court, which should never, ever happen. But you're right. It's like if everything goes well, I should still hear Gary Parrish, who you're right, does a great job, or anybody else who says, get rid of it altogether. I should still hear your take every single time, even when nothing goes wrong. And we know that never happens. Never. I've never I've never seen it. It's 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're loving it. Utah State with the upset, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Look at yeah, the Everybody's angles. fine. Yeah. No one's yep. hurt. The other team's off the floor. This still should not happen. This should not be the scene right now. I never hear anyone say that. It's just when something goes south. That's the only time. Oh, man. Did, now, what's making the rounds on social media is this fight that Cam Newton was apparently involved in. You just got to look at this. I Reports say that he got jumped by two or three assailants at this football camp. And by reports, I mean random people on Twitter. So I have no idea what is real and what isn't or what happened. All I know is that uh, apparently it takes a lot more than three people to take down Cam Newton because he was holding his own in, in this bit of a melee that was going on today. Head on a swivel, Dan. Head on a swivel there from Cam Newton. I would think twice about bum-rushing Cam Newton, who's 6'5", and still chiseled. You know what I mean? So he was absolutely holding his own. I don't know what led to that, but um, it's going to take more than what they brought to take down Cam Newton, at least according to the video. Maybe That's what was learned. Maybe it'll be like Filipowski an hour later. We'll have a different angle, and we can find <laughs> out what really uh, no, is, is going on. We'll get Gary Parrish saying, this should never happen <laughs> at seven on seven camps. Uh, yeah. And I agree with that. I, I agree. Yes, yeah, sure. I, I am 100% with that. Let's jump over to the news desk. Monty Bolaños is here giving us the latest. Some NBA action going on. A busy day in the association. And some college hoops as well. What's happening, Monty? I've never rushed a court. I've never rushed a field. And I feel like I've been deprived. I've rushed life. a couple there. of fields. I, I Actually, a court, too. I was up uh, next to LaFonso Ellis when he was at Notre Dame. And they just won a big game in the NIT. Which shows you where Notre Dame is right there. <laughs> I went up and kind of like patted Fonz on the chest, like, good game, Fonz. And he was like, hey, all right, you know? So I've got a few but, of those stories. Huh, it's a I'm memory. Yeah. yeah, it truly yeah. It is a yeah. memory. I'm with you. I don't think it needs to be canceled. There just needs to be a little bit of organization with it, and, especially on a basketball court because the perimeters are so close to each other. And the situation yesterday, there was a fan on the court and the time had not expired. There was 0.6 seconds left, and there was a fan already on the court. It's a failure by Wake. Like, come on, you know? Yep. And we just had this experience also with Caitlin Clark. So you can only assume it's going to keep happening. So it's just a little bit of, of more organization that needs to happen on a basketball court. But I'm, I'm with you guys. And, and the, the common thread that we hear in all of this is, why did that team rush the floor? You're good enough. You're better than that. Like, Wake is a tournament team and is going to the dance, and Duke was ranked eighth. And I, under, I understand the proximity, but they've always been close to each other. Yesterday wasn't a court-storming sort of win. If Duke, again, was number one, you knock off number one, maybe so. But again, because it's Duke, I was fans say, feel yeah. the need that Duke, it happens all the I would I would bet in most road games that Duke loses, the court is rushed by students. Yeah, I bet. I mean, and they're probably waiting for it. They're waiting for it. Well, we'll, we'll start in college hoops. Uh, there is a game right now. Number seven, Marquette beating Xavier 22-18 to 18, halfway through the first half. But earlier today, there was an upset. St. John's beating number 15, Crane 80-66. to 66. Number three, Purdue held on to defeat Michigan 84-75. to 75. In the NBA, the Suns scored 45 points in the first quarter. You would 
would think they'd be beating the Lakers by a lot more than eight, but that's it. It's 100 to 92. Nine minutes left in the game. LeBron James was questionable. He's playing, and he already has a double-double, 20 points, 10 assists. As for the Suns, it's Grayson Allen is the leading scorer right now. He's got 19 points, but don't worry, Kevin Durant out there with 16 points. So, uh, eight-point game right now. Suns on top. And I don't know if you guys saw that there's um, a lot of NFL players at this game. Joe Burrow is there with Jamar Chase. They're sitting together, and they also showed Odell Beckham Jr. So, they're in Phoenix watching. So three. Yes, that's a lot. That's more than okay. two. All right. Is that more than two? Fair enough. Yeah, all right. Thank you. I, after I said it, I was like, well, that's not a lot, but it is yeah. more than two. I so, thought the whole New York Jets roster was there, Monty. Yeah, like. I try, I know, as it came out, I was like, eh, eh, eh whatever. Uh, where was I? In the NBA, we already had the Bucks defeating the 76ers in Philly, 119 to 98. Other NBA news, Hawk star Trey Young has been ruled out for today's game against the Magic. He is an injured left pinky and is going to undergo a surgery to repair a torn ligament. So he's going to actually be reevaluated in four weeks. Not ideal for Atlanta, who is currently in 10th place in the Eastern Conference. So no bueno. In Major League Baseball, according to multiple reports, the Dodgers are expected to hire Matt Kemp in an advisory role. So welcome back, Matt Kemp. Yes. On the ice, one game going on, and it's a tie game between the Flyers and the Penguins. They're tied at four apiece after two periods. Back to you guys. Hold on, hold on a second, Monty. Just sec. I'm sorry. I, I am. I'm sorry. I can't find it right now. I'm looking for all those Doc Rivers haters. Uh, where, where are they? they? Where are uh, yeah. they? Uh, two and zero yeah. on an All Star break, folks. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. Don't worry, the JJ. The Bucks are back, baby. Yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, they are. Just couldn't find them. They're pretty <laughs> silent. Yes. Wait, what are they crawling up to five and seven now <laughs> with Doc? <laughs> Oh, yes. easy targets, folks. Easy yeah. targets. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're uh, right. I, I had to. Yeah. I, uh, he was actually looking for something, Brian. I'm like looking at him, and he's like yeah. looking around. I was like, what did he lose? I was like, oh, no. I made Bo leave his chair. He didn't like that so much. Uh, he committed there. Absolutely. Gotta, he did. Got to commit to the bit. Yes. Uh, hit her up at Monty Bolaños. <laughs> Uh, Brian, no. Hit him up at the No Show. You can find me, Dan Beyer, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Uh, both Brian and I love college football. So I want to get into this expanded playoff, but we are just a little tight because mm-hmm. uh, we are contractually obligated for according to Monsi at 545 Eastern Time. Uh, so I do want to let that breathe. So we're going to move that to a little bit later on in the show. But for, for the, as great as it is that the college football world has opened their eyes to an expanded playoffs. Uh, I think both Brian and I want them to close those eyes if you're thinking about expanding even more, which was the theme this week. I do have one NBA note since we were talking about that and what was happening today. I I have come to terms, Brian, with the uniforms in the NBA. I don't like them. I understand that it's not necessarily for me. I am now my my anger and my vitriol is towards the courts. Be- and, and and I even listen. If you want to do your wacky courts in the midseason tournament, perfectly fine. But watching the Celtics and Knicks last night, you know what I want to see? I just want to see Madison Square Garden. I don't need to see a blue end on one side and a black end and a skyline on a court. I just want to see Madison Square Garden, the Knicks, in a in a, in a blue border around the court. That's what I want to see. Just like when I tune into a Celtics game when they're at home, I want to see a parquet floor. When I watch the Lakers at Crypto, I want to see the yellow court and the lights dimmed. Is that too much to ask? The the, the Grizzlies threw some 
I don't know, it was a black oh, yeah. top sort of thing on Friday. And that wasn't even a midseason tournament. And now, we're, you know, because we're, we're getting different courts here and there. I love some of the looks of our classic courts. And I just think it's a shame that we're moving away from them for the sake of greed and what they feel is a good idea. It's funny to me because I was just thinking about the uh, uh, the in-season tournament and those courts were, whew, that was like a, a full weekend, maybe a month-long bender right there. And you're like, oh, you got out of your system? It's out of your system now? And what you're saying is not fully out of the system. You get a couple of wacky courts, not quite to the in-season tournament level. But, I mean, it's got to be pretty wild for me to be like, what are you doing? You know, in college basketball, Oregon's home court, I'm just like, guys, there's just too much going on right now. Yeah. But that's how they roll. I, I like the Dallas Mavericks court with the guitars. Maybe it's just the, I don't know, the musician in me kind of thing going on. But I thought it looked okay. There hasn't been anything for me where it's so loud. I'm like, guys, it's not the in-season tournament. You, you got you to gotta tone it, it down just a little bit. I've been okay with it, but I hear where you're coming from on that. I just I, I think of the garden and, and so much of what the garden is. And I know there's something about being at Madison Square Garden, but there is also something for watching it at home. And that's just what I felt like I was missing last night was I understand it's the garden, but I just want the old regular court. Every arena isn't like that. The Mavericks, they don't have a court that we've come to know and love. You know, mm-hmm. but the Celtics have, the Knicks have, and and so even Memphis, like Memphis's wood was done in a different way than most people has the, have their boards running. Like it's different, it's opposite. It's like up and down from from sideline to sideline instead of running baseline to baseline. But you know what? I came accustomed to that it's different. It's what it's what uh, it, it's what Memphis does. Charlotte is kind of a you know a honeycomb look at at times yeah. with what they've done. I'm I'm fine with that. It's just like when you just completely go off the map, especially when you have something so good as as the Knicks do. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because I had a flashback to All Star Weekend where there was uh, one of Jalen Brown's ordinary dunks. I can't remember if it was ordinary dunk number one or ordinary <laughs> dunk number two. I'm not sure. But when he tried to do the shout out to D Brown and covered his eyes after he had dunked it. <laughs> <laughs> And it turned into the old school Celtics court, right? Like that is the classic look that you're talking about here. uh, Maybe he was doing the dab because he didn't want to watch his dunk on replay. Maybe that was the reason. He's Brian No. Maybe it was a shout out to Cam knowing he was going to fend off like nine assailants at once. Hey, we know what side he's on at least. You know, so if Jalen Brown was at the camp, Cam would have had backup. Uh, He's Brian No. I'm Dan Byer. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. Again, hit him up at the No Show. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. I have no idea what to expect in According to Monty. None whatsoever. So we're all going to want to listen. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live from the TireRack.com studios, it's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Dan Beyer. Taking in the final stages of this Lakers-Suns game. Buckeyes and Spartans coming down to it as well in the Big Ten. And on Fox Sports 1, you've got some more college hoops in the Big East. Marquette and Xavier, NASCAR on Big Fox. Uh, So much uh, to keep track of as we literally head down to the stretch in a lot of these uh, situations, specifically NASCAR. Uh, Right now, Brian, now, time to buckle up, fasten in. It's according to Monty. <laughs> and now it's time for absolutely nothing. It's not gonna be pretty. According to Monty. I love it. Ah, uh, we love it as well, Monty. Oh, good. At yes. least someone does, besides my mom. <laughs> there, there are many, many <laughs> others. All right. Does your mom tune in just for this segment, and then she's like, "I didn't need to hear the rest no, of fire." She'll, in that yeah. Yeah. she'll put it on. I'm not saying she's listening the whole time, but she'll definitely have it on all day. Her Alexa, you know, play Fox Sports Radio, and that's it just awesome. plays all day. Wait till Very your mom cool. starts disagreeing with your takes, because that's <laughs> happened to me. End of the show, I just want mom to say, "Great show." She's like, "You know, what? I really didn't agree with what you said about the NBA courts." Uh, those days, those days are coming. Monty. Wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. According to Monty. All right, don't mess with Zion Williamson. Yeah, you cannot come at Zion Williamson because the Pelicans will not have it. That is their star. They're going to defend him, and I applaud them for it. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Stephen A. Smith decided to once again attack Zion just a few days ago about his shape. He was saying something like, uh, oh, it's not about his game. It's about how many burgers he's eating, blah, blah, blah. This is while they were discussing which teams are under the most pressure to win, and then that's what he decided to say. This is something Stephen A been doing since Zion entered the league and at this point it just seems like someone hasn't done their homework because the Pelicans have the fifth best record in the Western Conference and have the same record as the Knicks. They've also won eight out of their last ten and Zion is a leading scorer for the Pelicans averaging five rebounds, five assists while shooting 58% from the field. And if you watch the Pelicans, Zion looks good. He still looks explosive. The Pelicans well, they defended their man. They uh, are tired of the same old song and dance from Stephen A. So they responded in the best possible way. They made a highlight reel. And when I say highlight reel, I mean a low light reel of Stephen A. Shooting air balls, throwing a terrible first pitch at the Yankees, uh, doing oh, some not so good boxing moves, and ending with his college picture and stats. One and a half points per game and one assist. That's how they responded to him. It really makes no sense why Stephen A. needs to once again bring this up Zion's weight it just seems lazy and also personal at this point the only way things get worse for Stephen A is if Mariah Mills decides to jump in yeah I was gonna say where were they when the porn star was was, uh, in his biz they were they were MIA according to Monsey according to Monsey Kevin Durant 
he kept things classy when fans got trashy. That's right, y'all. Like, I, we all know fans out there suck, some of them. And some of them are just dumb. And if you're going to talk smack to a player, I think the player has every right to confront you if they want to. I don't think players should be required to take the high road when fans are the ones that are sucking. There's a video circulating of two uh, Mavs fans calling KD the B-word as he's, like, walking into the, st- the, uh, the arena to warm up. He turns around, and the fans, oh, they quickly changed their tune right away. They even look surprised that Kevin Durant was offended. And you're just like, are you Are you on crack? How are you surprised? You are cuckoo. The girl even tried to shake Kevin Durant's hand, and he didn't. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Don't shake his hand. Some fans think that they can just say whatever they want to players and that they're going to be protected. And I don't know why they think that. KD, you know, gets called what rhymes with the witch. Uh, and he cut, you say it with his back to you, like, as he's running off the court. Come on, man. Like, security was going to kick them out, and KD stopped it from happening. The best, the best part about it. Did you see my yes. tweet about this? Oh, no, I didn't. The, <laughs> the guy says to Kevin, I have this podcast about sports, uh, and Durant yes. immediately Just turns around away. and runs away. That's I would have punched him yes, at that point. Yes. I, would, I don't know how he kept his cool. I, I thought KD handled it all right from beginning to end. That's me if I ever meet Austin Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> according to Monsi. Uh, according to Monsi, if it's not broken, then don't fix it. Seriously, I don't know what Major League Baseball is doing by reducing the pitch clock again. Last year, they made all these changes, which was so good for the game, eliminating the shift, implementing the pitch clock, where pitchers are giving 15 seconds to begin their motion with the bases empty and 20 seconds with runners on base. Now they want to make it 18 seconds, and I don't understand what the point of this is. If you're going to tell me, oh, it's only two seconds. Yeah, it's only two seconds. Why are we doing this? The players do not want this. They literally said they don't want to do this, and baseball is still doing it. Tell me you don't care about your players without telling me. That's what baseball is doing. It seems so minuscule, but it really, why are you upsetting your players? And then there's a whole separate discussion that the pitch clock could be causing injuries to some veteran pitchers because they've had to change their entire, their entire style. So why would you do this? This is not something that needed to be fixed. What needed to be fixed was those terrible uniforms. Right, Bo? Ugh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fanatics is just an evil company all around you guys. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Like just the word evil. I don't know how many times I've ordered something and gotten the complete opposite from what I ordered, and now they're in charge gar- of like. Uh, yeah. The, o- yeah. the only reason it is being noticed now is because it's actually happening to people in power, to Nike, to players, and not just to little people. There is only two people on earth: those who haven't ordered anything from Fanatics and those who hate them. And the fact <laughs> that they run every team shop is I, abominable. I, listen, I, I love it when you guys are angry, but let's be real: Bo has ordered so much from Fanatics. Yeah, fan no. cash has been used on his tax return this That's year. possible. Like, like it is, it is, is true. true. You've had to file your fan cash. That's possible, yeah. But have you seen those uniforms? They are awful. And I'm yeah. not even talking about the see-through. I don't understand why the spice numbers... Look, and are getting why, spicy this year. Why, why are the numbers and the letters so small? That's like, at a bare minimum. We can't see through your pants. <laughs> Let's just start there. Goodness, face. That's not even my problem. Look at his bat. He's playing the outfield. What are you talking about? It's Fox Sports Sunday. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Uh, We celebrated an anniversary this past week. You probably heard about it if you're on social media, read about it, saw about it, did everything about it. Uh, We talk about that anniversary and so much more coming up here on Fox Sports Sundays. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Glad you're back with us. If you're just joining us, welcome in. When you last left us, there was this huge, and everybody had an opinion about it, Brian, on Fanatics. And the the not only of taking over of uh, the Nike jerseys in Major League Baseball, but Fanatics, the the sports store that I think it's the only sports store that there there is now. Bo Benson had a long list of gripes uh, with the uh, sporting goods company, but there was a time, there was a place where all these sporting goods uh, were not readily available to us. And so, as a sports fan, as a kid that you know wore jerseys of every team when you're younger, to have that accessibility is great. But with it, there comes sometimes issues. Yeah, man. Hey, I get it. I haven't been as deep in the memorabilia game, so I don't have as many negative experiences. My whole thing with Fanatics is baseline. You can't have MLB players with see-through pants. That just that's a baseline requirement right there. Shouldn't be able to see half the screen yeah. is blurred when you're yeah, watching right. it. <laughs> that's right. It's yeah, from uh, the waist down is just one of those weird, you know, like pixelated images uh, yes. where yeah, it's like some dude from Florida, you know, the, the alligator ate some of his pants and then he was doing something unruly and we got to you know, like blot out all that. That's what, how we're watching baseball games right now. Like come on, you can't have see-through pants. What are we doing here? <laughs> the letter size a font the font size on the letters atrocious as well. It's really it's bad. Just, yeah. It, yeah, it's the, when they do the side by side thing of the jersey last year compared yeah. to this year. You're like, oh my gosh, it, that's it, really bad. It looks like the players are wearing fan giveaways on the field when they play. Yeah, now. yeah. like it's just I like you won it at a fair. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what it looks I, like. I wonder if there's a team that is going to like just quickly order a bunch of jerseys from like DH Gate in China and see if well, they are any better. <laughs> I had heard the Padres wore their pants from last year in their game against the Dodgers on Thursday. Yeah, they're just pulling out old gear from the closet at this sure. point. It's just, it, it seems like a debate. You got to wonder what Nike thinks too, biggest, most powerful, and they don't see that. We don't see, you know, when you're watching TV, you don't see that it's a Fanatics product. It has the Nike swoosh all over yeah. it. Yeah, I think they're right. part of the problem as well. Yeah, well, they, they're the ones who out, outsource this to Fanatics to begin with, so yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and, and, you know, it's funny. When Nike took over the NFL, I think we were all excited as well, and then there are some Jersey people who are like, ah, I don't know, uh, 
uh, the Jersey game. A whole topic of conversation here on Fox Sports Radio. But we are going to change that conversation because I mentioned an anniversary. Brian, no, what anniversary did we have this past week in sports? Yeah, we had the 44th year anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. 44 years ago, Dan. How crazy is that, man? That is crazy. Uh, don't remember a lick of it. Uh, that was just, yeah. uh, you know, I was, it was right. I always tell people the first Super Bowl I remember was Niners Bengals in Detroit. So it's the first thing that I remember happening. That's Super Bowl 16. And I, I remember that. So anything that happened almost sports wise prior to that. I, I don't remember, and that would include the 1980 Winter Olympics. But, yeah, we're closing in on the 50-year anniversary. But 44 years later, that upset of the Soviet Union just still completely resonates with everyone. And I, I don't know if it's – I don't know if, it, if the movie gave it new life. Maybe it did. Maybe Miracle did. But it is something that is still talked about to this day. And sometimes when these things hit like 50 years, Brian, kind of ends because – Let's just be honest. Maybe some of the people that remember it the most are no longer around. It's 50 years. You kind of hit that threshold. But at 44 years, the miracle on ice still going strong. It's crazy, too, because Yahoo did a thing on this and a couple of the bullet points on it. It's just astounding. Even if you weren't around to watch that or old enough to remember it, it's crazy where you're looking at Team USA, all amateurs, Russia, you're talking about a cohesive unit, pros there. They had beaten the U.S. 12 straight times, get this, by a combined score of 117 to 26. Ouch. <laughs> and they had won a, an exhibition game two weeks earlier, 10 to 3 against the U.S. And then in the semifinals, the U.S. won. It's crazy. It's the biggest upset in sports history. Event. And Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was done. But it was just like, and that's why it's so finally remembered, right? It's the patriotism. It's Team USA. But it's the whole David versus Goliath thing. There's not a better example of that. Did I, either of you watch the 30 for 30 from the Soviet view of the Miracle on yeah. Ice talking no, about the Soviet I, team? I think that just made this it more impressive knowing how accomplished that Soviet team was and all those guys becoming former NA, like NHL players out of that and what they did in the summit series to be like, Oh, the U S really took down a huge, hugely talented team. Mm. It's unique as well. I talk about, you know, where I'm from and in my upbringing and I, you know, worked a while, you know, went to school at Madison and ended up, you know, living there for a while. And, you know, Mark Johnson and the late Bobby Souter were a part of that team. And so when you've got these college kids, because they were a member of the Wisconsin hockey team then, you had a bunch of kids from Minnesota, you know, playing on that team. Uh, there's just, there's, there's, it, it lasts longer in those places. And you have, you know, people hanging on to that. But I would even say just more so on a grand scale of, of how much I saw it on Thursday. And again, it's, it, you said it, Brian, it's 44. Mm-hmm. It's not like the round number of 40 or 50. But it's still there, and it's still talked about in in such a way that, you know, in in just even in trying to look back into into my life of what has happened since then, I don't know if I mean there have been some there have been some great great memories. There have been some great great feats accomplished in sports. The remember where you were, you know, where you were when blank. But I just don't know if any of them really have the, you know, the cachet to take over what that meant 
um, on you know not only to the U.S. but on a global scale of just what it all represented. Very very difficult to top the miracle on ice. Yeah, I don't. It it would be incredibly difficult to top that for a number of reasons that you laid out, Dan. I just started thinking. What's the next thing on your list? You know what I mean? Like, what's the most famous sporting event that you've witnessed in your lifetime? And it could be on TV. You didn't necessarily have to be there. And I'm talking about a specific event. I'm not saying uh, the World Cup or uh, the Super Bowl. Like, which one exactly? What in your lifetime, no matter how old you are, Let's say you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, you weren't around for the Miracle on Ice 44 years ago. What is your personal Miracle on Ice? What's the closest thing that you could say you watched that was so famous? I started thinking about that, Dan, and I got a few on my list, and you could make a a few arguments here or there which would be more famous than the other, Um, and some of it has to do with your personal palate, you know, sure. which sports yep. you care about more than others. But um, I, I've been racking my brain. What is my miracle on ice when I wasn't around for the miracle on I ice? I tried to break it down via sports in like what were the biggest moments in each of like those, you know, in the what I felt was the NFL's biggest moment, what I thought was Major League Baseball's, and then used that and trying to determine what was number one. And you talk yeah. about what's in our own lane. I, I feel because I feel the with the Cold War going on, and again, the U.S. didn't compete in the 80 Summer Olympics in Moscow. They did not compete in that. They, you know, threw their athletes and boycotted it. So you would look at where the world was at that point, what the Soviets represented and who the Americans were. There's all of that that involves it as well. And so I almost think like you have to kind of even go outside of sports. And so with that, I say Tiger Woods winning the 1997 Masters hmm. because of who Tiger was what Tiger looked like, where yeah. his history was, where this history took place, mm-hmm. and then now what took happen. I mean, like like you yeah. had all of these worlds. You know, like there was a time where, you know, uh, you know, when you think of like 1997, as someone who's 47 years old, it doesn't seem like it's that long ago, but I still think that Tiger's win resonates so much. And if you think of where we were, where even at that time I thought we were advanced, but there were still a lot of hurdles that we had to overcome. And to see what Tiger Woods did in the athlete that he was, it was the only one that I thought that could could match that because of because of what it meant. I mean, golf was thought to be heck a racist sport. Yeah, I mean, you know, there were places where Tiger couldn't play golf, and here he goes to Augusta National in the South and dominates at the age of 21. Like it was so. So that was the that was if you wanted to to give the gold to the miracle on ice, I guess Tiger's was the one that was would be second in my mind, or one that would rival the miracle on ice. That's a really good one, man. And for everything that you laid out there, with it going beyond the sport. Like there are a lot you can come up with some monstrous sporting events that didn't transcend the sport. You know what I mean? Like take a, a couple of Super Bowls where Super Bowl forty two, you had the undefeated Patriots, eighteen and zero. the Giants beat them. You have the legendary helmet catch. That was maybe the most famous Super Bowl. You can make an argument yep. that it was. And it didn't transcend the sport. Right, like the, the way the the Miracle on Ice did, uh, or like Tiger Woods, like you said. Um, 
So I'd you take the, that into account. What about Super Bowl 51, right? The 28 to 3 comeback. Mm-hmm. What would be your most famous Super Bowl if you're doing the NFL I, thing? For the NFL thing, I put Super Bowl 42. Yeah. I think it is the for the the Patriots on the verge and of what they were in that time and that team and who was on that team and everything that came with it. You mentioned, you know, the the plays in that game and the play by David Tyree. I think that one still uh, stands the test of time. I think it's the most, the biggest, the biggest game that we had had in my lifetime in the NFL was Super Bowl Forty Two. Yeah, it's uh, the storyline. Good luck trying to recreate that. Yeah, <laughs> to be eighteen and zero and everything at play, and the week leading up to it, where was it? Plaxico Burris's prediction was, I think he said somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty three to seventeen. And Brady was like, we're only going to score 17 points. Okay. Sure. They, they scored 14. You're like, it was amazing. What did you put for baseball? Okay. This, this may be controversial. And I know we got a bunch of baseball fans here. I put McGuire beating Maris's record. Wow. Okay. Not knowing what we knew at that time, you know, obviously of what happened, but of everything that happened in baseball, World Series and all of that, the the night that he broke it and to have everything like that to me for how invested we were obviously it has changed but at the time that it happened I thought it was I put that's what I put for Major League Baseball of what I thought the biggest moment was interesting I would go and I hate to do this as a Cubs hater but I think it was the 2016 World Series mm. where the Cubs it's Game Seven it's been 108 years. They haven't won a World Series. They're leading the game. Looks like they're going to wrap it up. Nope. Rajay Davis, two-run homer. We're all squared up at 6-6. You know what I mean? Yes. And then they come back. They win the game. And I just think about, maybe if you think about transcending the sport, think about how many generations of Cub fans had been dying with their team not winning at all. And think of that time where there were people alive to see that where maybe their dad had passed away or a loved one that they used to go and watch the Cubs or on TV and they weren't around. It's this whole emotional thing. And for that curse to be broken and over a hundred years of suffering, that's tough to rival, man. And that game was an absolute classic. I I had considered it, I but I also then was thinking, well, there were the Red Sox in 04. But the way that they won the World Series, yeah. like they're, more of their story was over the four games of the ALCS, right? Like of what they did with the Yankees because then they ended up just sweeping the Cardinals in the in the World Series. I don't think that's really disqualifying because you know? like the USA didn't, they didn't win gold by defeating well, the Soviet maybe. Union, the Miracle on Ice. Sure. Yeah. It was like yeah. kind of wasn't it a it was like a round robin at the time or something. I, I'm trying to remember how eighty that that Olympic was set up, but that wasn't the well, we may, clinching. We ma- may uh, find match. out the answer later this hour, so we'll Uh-oh. find out. Yeah, so, so who, who knows? We'll find out. Uh, we'll find out that information. Uh, by the way, just let me uh, say, easy as one, two, three, four. Coming up in about uh, twenty minutes or so here on Fox Sports Radio, we do got to get to Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider. Bo Benson, did you have a memory of? Yeah, my personal biggest one is being at Kershaw's no hitter. Um, that was pretty mm. fun to be there and like see that happen and watch it happen. And I also I agree with you, but I think the whole Maguire Sosa chase as a whole, I think that was huge. And one of the I don't remember a lot of non Dodger stuff from when I was a kid outside of you know like Roel Mondesi and all that stuff, but Maguire and Sosa were like household names for for me as a kid.
Yeah, I'm curious to hear all your guys' thoughts. We will revisit that a little, you know, coming up uh, in a little bit because I think that there are moments. But it's funny in in writing these down and how they end up kind of even even my own moments that I thought paling in comparison to what happened in Lake Placid a little over 44 years ago. He's Brian No, I'm Dan Beyer. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. It is a Fox Sports Sunday. And coming up next, yes, we're on the verge of the NFL Combine, and things are starting to heat up as well with some off-season moves. Our NFL insider Adam Kaplan joins us next here on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Brian No. Glad to have you with us. Joining us now, live from the TireRack.com studios. He's our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider that you can read on the Pro Football Network and also hear him on the Inside the Birds podcast. Hit him up at Kaplan NFL, the one and only Adam Kaplan. Adam, we're going to continue just the conversation just to get your opinion in this. Sure. You know, Brian bringing up the point that Thursday was the 44th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. And so uh, we were diving into yeah. other memorable, you know, spots that have happened over the last 40 years. Your most, what do you think is the most memorable moment uh, in, in your lifetime in the National Football League? Oh, in terms of football? Oh, boy. Covering the bit. This will be my 25th year, by the way. Oh, boy, that's a great question. You should come up with a patch. You know, oh, Kaplan man. 25. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's games. kind of like when it was really when Brady started. It's the way I look at it. But, wow. See, I went to the Senior Bowl and, and Combine the same year. This will be my 23rd Combine. I'd have to get It's a good question. Uh, look, the, the, but getting back to Miracle Nice, I know exactly where I was. It was on tape delay. I have no idea how we found out. I remember, on a, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, was it a Friday night? I'm not even up. sure. Like, like I wasn't old enough to remember what it was. I was, know. and I, I was in um, middle school, I think, and I just remember, like, we went out of our minds because somehow word leaked out that we won. I think that's what happened. It was an, I thought it was like a Friday afternoon. It maybe did whatever it was. But okay, yeah. well, but, may, but maybe it's Friday afternoon. But what happened was somehow the word got out. Remember, pre-internet folks, they actually could keep things a secret to a certain extent. Somehow we found out. Maybe it was on the evening news that we won. To your point, Dan. And then when I watched it, it was one of those things you never forget. And hearing how Michaels obviously talk about it and 
just how that happened. That, that in my lifetime, I, I don't know that it gets any better than that because, you know, when you talk about David versus Goliath, I mean, the, this is this is before we we turn our 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 college kids into pros. Let's not forget when there was actually amateurism, and for us to beat the pro team of the Soviets was just so hard to understand and hard to believe. I I ha- sort of had an idea of being a young kid of what that meant and how it would never happen today. You know, it's funny when you say you're, you know, covering the NFL sort of coincided with Brady. Would you put anything above Super Bowl 42 in terms of if this is like a greatest hits album, is that the greatest hit of your lifetime is the Giants beating Tom Brady and the Patriots or would you go in another yeah. direction? I, I that one that one Brian would be right up there. That because again they were going for the undefeated season. Well, they were in the regular season, but you know how it how that ended in in, in the just a hard to believe game where the Giants and Steve Spagnolo uh, found a way to do it uh, to, to to come up with a plan to stop me Brady and the Patriots. But yeah, I, I would put that right up there as one of the biggest upsets. There's no question. And look, also I'll give you another one. You you talk about professional sports. Villanova beating Georgetown in the the '85 yeah, there you go um, NCAA championship. I, I was at Ohio University then, and I just remember, you know, from being from Philly, you know, I was I was rooting for him, and I, I I know the spread was double digits, and this is for the shot clock that that had a lot to do with it. That one would have to be that would be the second biggest miracle I could remember. Amazing stuff. We we the conversation was so good. We're going to continue it later, but we let's good focus yeah, yeah, on the on the National Football League. Yep. We saw uh, now is the time for franchise tags to be handed out. Uh, Cincinnati likely doing so with T. Higgins. Was there yep. any other option out of Cincinnati uh, aside from that move with the wide receiver? No, I mean here's why. Uh, you know, people have asked me uh, the last two weeks, will Higgins get? And I said yes because he's a number two receiver, right? They're going to eventually have to pay Jamar Chase. It's really, really hard long-term, as good as Higgins is, to pay both Chase and Higgins. It's just the Eagles are going to go through this with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's got a you know, big contract, been a terrific story of development. But then they're going to have to pay Devontae Smith, who, by the way, is now eligible for an extension. They don't have to do it, but the Eagles usually go early, extend players. So it it's it's interesting because... You know, the Bengals have been that team. Like, they've been very good now, last couple of years, until the injuries obviously kind of got up to them uh, this year. But now they have to kind of go here and figure out what, what, the, what the, the offense is going to look like uh, to help Joe Burrow out. Uh, because if, 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 they, if they eventually walk away from T. Higgins, and by the way, Tyler Board, one of the best number three receivers, is also a free agent. Eventually, it's going to catch up to you. You can't keep letting good players walk. Remember, they let Jesse Bates walk. They went, they went with Dax Hill uh, at safety, uh, who was, a, who was um, and also with Jordan Battle. So the, the bottom line is here. The, the, things are going to look a little different for the Bengals the next couple of years, but I don't see Higgins being there long term. You know, Cap, when you look at the salary cap being a little bit higher than expected. Oh, it was it's about, a lot higher. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, 255. A lot of teams thought it'd be in the 240s. Yep. yep. Do you look and say that helps one team in particular more than any other team? Do you look at it like that at all? No, it helps every team because let me explain to you how extensions are done. You could literally do, you could have $2 million left under the salary cap and do a mega extension. How? First year cap number, you take, you give the guy the minimum salary. You don't give him a sign-in bonus. What you can do is fully guarantee three three seasons of salary. 
you can get away with it. So it helps every team. Uh, now, it helps other teams in particular. Teams like the Saints, who are always, they're the one team that always has cap problems. There really are no, just, you know, just to help people out here, there really are no such thing as cash, uh, cap casualties anymore. Uh, friend, uh, GMs tell me this. Cap managers tell me this. If we, if we like a player, no matter how bad their contract is, we're going to keep it. We're not going to cut a player who's going to help us. They just don't do that. What they, ask, what they will look to do is restructure rather than cut. Now, with Xavier Howard, he was told they're going to get rid of him. Why? He turns 31. He's an older player now. There's a saying in the National Football League, you want to, you want to move on from a player when it's early, not when it's too late. And you have to be careful about that. And by the way, the Dolphins now, they're a team that's a, they're a, team that's a little bit in transition here. I'm, I'm very interested to see what this team's going to look like the next couple of years. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. You're based in the Philadelphia area. He's Brian No, I'm Dan Beyer. What the heck is going on with the Eagles? Because now we have a report that Dom, uh, Big Dom, <laughs> Dom DeSandro, yeah. had to he wasn't protecting Nick Sirianni. He was protecting others from Nick Sirianni. Uh, that was a report that was out this week. A.J. Brown's calling in to uh, Philly Sports Talk Radio, <laughs> uh, blaming everybody else. Um, I mean, I, I mean, are things together in Philadelphia? Because on the surface, they sure don't seem like it. Yeah, so the Dom DeSandro from, uh, from Derek Gunn, who covered the Eagles for, for years. So basically, and it was a two-part report. One of them I'd, I'd, you know, I'd basically put out months ago that – in uh, terms of Jalen Hurts struggling, why did he struggle? Contract got to him a little bit, they're trying too hard, whatever the case may be. But the big part about that story, his two-part story, which is really fascinating, the one that caught me a little bit surprising, is that somehow Dom DeSandro, with it, when he was suspended, you know, and he wasn't allowed to be on the sidelines, that hurt Sirianni because he's an emotional guy. That's 100% true. Uh, because Dom is, he's not the get-back coach, you know, there's a guy, you see... There's a assistant coach that always tells the, the the coach to get back. Yeah, you know, don't you know you, you're going too far. You can't go over the sidelines. Sirianni's a very emotional guy. This is not a secret to anyone who's covered him or knows what's going on with him. And DeSanders a pretty calm guy. Yeah, I I I mean that in a small way, I, I think that matters. But I just thought it was just fascinating that it actually got out. Uh, and look, Nick had a look. Sirianni had a tough season. Sure, they were ten and one, but they regressed significantly. Lost six out of their final seven. And some people would suggest maybe he lost a team. I don't, I don't think that happened. But he certainly had no answers. And that's why he no longer will be able to run his offensive scheme. That came from a meeting that he had with the owner and the general manager that he will not have supervision of the offensive scheme. He's given it up to Kellen Moore. And they're going to run a completely different offense than Sirianni was running. Yeah, Cap, you mentioned Xavier Howard. Dolphins released him. Not He's yet, on the though. open market. Yeah. Well, yeah. He will He's be. Yeah. Yeah. He will be. By, by, will yeah, be. I'm told it, it, by, by the Cap, they can't do it yet. Uh, but yes, he will be 100%. Yes. So when you look at the landscape, who could use him the most? Where do you see him being a good fit? Yeah, it's really a one or two year thing because of his age. He turns 31 and, and, and he's clearly not the same player. Still a good player, though. Serviceable. He's got two years left in him. Anyone who needs a starting corner. Now, if you're Xavier Howard, you just you, he got the extension a couple years ago. It's not even about money anymore. You want to sign, you, you want to go somewhere where you could win a ring. And that, that'll be resolved. And being that, see, the thing is, um, when you look at their situation with, with um, some guys who are being released, let's not remember. Let's not forget they just cut Agba. That one ha- actually happened. That 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 was official. Now Emmanuel Agba being released. Now he he could go somewhere and 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 get a job where he could contribute right away because he was released well before free agency starts. There is an advantage, by the way, to, be, to doing that. More often than not, these guys don't sign immediately, but his agent Drew Rosenhaus will be able to find him a team rather quickly. 
He's our NFL insider, Adam Kaplan, who's getting set for the NFL Combine. I'm sure there'll be a lot more to talk about uh, after the oh, yeah. ongoings at Indy. Adam, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Thank you. Hit him up at Kaplan NFL. Read him at the Pro Football Network and hear him here on Fox Sports Radio and the Inside the Birds podcast. All right. I know you're in the hot seat again. Easy as one, two, three, four coming up. And one of your lifelines is here to give us the latest of what is happening today. She's the one and only Monty Bolaños. All right, fellas. So the NASCAR Cup Series continuing on Fox. We are down to the final 19 laps. Mm. Ryan Blaney is in the lead. Austin Sindrick in second. Daniel Suarez in third. But this has been changing every second. Ask me in 25 seconds. It's going to be a different leader. <laughs> uh, so right now it is Ryan Blaney. Again, 19 laps to go. Uh, you catch all the action on Fox. Checking in on the NBA. We've got some games going on. The Pacers are currently beating the Mavericks in Indiana, 82 to 75, halfway through the third quarter. But Luka Doncic obviously putting on a show, 28 points and six rebounds. The Wizards are beating the Cavs, 28 to 24, late in the first quarter. The Lakers lost to the Suns in Phoenix, 123 to 113. Yusuf Nurkic, 18 points, 22 rebounds, and seven assists in the victory. Giannis Antetokounmpo just shy of a triple double earlier today, 30 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists, as the Bucks defeated the 76ers in Philly, 119 to 98. The Atlanta Hawks. Hawks, who are currently in 10th place in the Eastern Conference, will not have their star Trey Young for at least four weeks. He is going to have surgery on his left pinky finger to repair a ligament tear, and they're going to reevaluate him in four weeks. In college hoops on FS1, number seven Marquette extending their lead over Xavier 55 to 32, with about 15 ish minutes to go in the game. And on the ice, checking in on the Rangers, who have won 10 in a row. They're currently losing to the Blue Jackets, though, 1 0 halfway through the first period. And in Major League Baseball, according to multiple reports, the Dodgers are expected to hire Matt Kemp in an advisory role. And Dodgers beat writer Juan Toribio, I mean, I guess is how he says his name, Shohei Otani is going to play on Tuesday. So there you go. All we're, right. we're, we've all been waiting. And he thinks that I, Yoshinobu Yamamoto will start on Wednesday. That, By the way, let's, let's be real. That was a complete <laughs> Brian No. <laughs> tidbit right yes. yeah, like because of yeah. the wager that brian no has that was, that was that he was that is 100 percent. it's just like people don't realize this but every once in a while when adam kaplan joins us i may ask a question about a fantasy football player that i have yeah. you know but i never say that it's for that reason for sure oh yeah what do you think about rishi rice yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i man. need uh, uh otani to uh so i bet on him to be a dodger in 2024 that would be his next team that he would play for can't cash out just yet read the fine print he has to play a game within the first month (laughs) otherwise it's avoided bet which is just garbage but Uh, i'm hoping he avoids the injury bug between now and then well one thing you can avoid here live from the tireact.com studios is easy as one, two, three, four. Let's strike up the band because brian knows quest for a perfect score of 10 now begins over under today, eight and a half. And you've okay. got three lifelines. You have Monty at your disposal. Chris Perfett, our technical producer, is here for you, as is our executive producer, Bo Benson. The topics today, college basketball, the NBA, mm-hmm. hockey, and the NFL. You ready to go? I am ready. All right. Question number one, where Brian doesn't have to give us all of the correct answers. Number just one. some of them. Uh, name one of two schools with the largest seating capacities at their home facilities in college basketball. 
Wow. So the largest seating capacities in college basketball. Name one of two schools. Okay. This so one is of the top two. Yeah, because college hoops, Syracuse has to be one, I would imagine, uh, because whatever it's called now, it used to be the Carrier Dome. They seat a lot of folks over there. That's an interesting question by you, Dad, because as you know, these basketball arenas, there's not great disparity Correct. typically from one to another. Yes. I would imagine Cuse is one of them. Is that your final I, answer? You want to use a lifeline? I just need one of two, right? Yep, yep. I'm, I'm locking in Cuse. All right. Show me Syracuse. Numero uno. Yes, by a long shot. Sometimes we give easy ones here. Number two, Rupp Arena in Kentucky. Yesterday, oh, wow. both Syracuse and Kentucky got big home wins. And, uh, yeah, so Syracuse, obviously, as you mentioned, the the facility formerly known as the Carrier Dome, Carrier Dome, now the JMA Wireless Dome. I can never remember those initials. Still 25,000. If you ask me 15 minutes from now and yesterday. said, no, I'll give you a million dollars, I'll be like, Jay, I don't know. <laughs> I can never remember that. JMA. Put JMA. it on the brain. All right, question number two. Noah's one for one. Name two, number two. of the three teams that, Port- that the Portland Trailblazers – have faced in their three NBA Finals appearances. This okay. dating back is, you know, Brian No is a Portland oh, resident. Gosh. I should know 77 because of who they beat. Oh, man, this is bad. Oh, gosh. Trailblazers have made Well, okay, so let's – I know they lost to the Pistons. They lost to the Bulls. So we can lock those two in. I should know 77, but I'm, I'm going to lock in the Pistons and Bulls just to get All this right. correct. Show me the Pistons. Yes, Portland took game two in Detroit and then were swept in the next three at home. I remember that like it was yesterday. Show me the Bulls. There it is, 1992. Lost in six games. Blew a 15-point lead, I believe it was, at the end of three quarters in game six. That's the old, the uh, you know, what was it, game two, the shrug game for Jordan? Yeah, it was one right? or two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the six threes, yeah. The 76ers yeah. were the other answer for... The Sixers? Yes, who they beat in 1977. Wow, dude, that's... I should know that. That's going in the... I'm going to remember that over JMA. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how well you remember JMA. Brian Noah is currently three for three but there are still seven points left on the board. How will he fare? Well, he's got all of his lifelines. Yeah, right now we're in line for a perfect game. He's Brian No. I'm Dan Byer. Stick around. The conclusion of easy as one, two, three, four is next. Plus, we get into what college football is doing to destroy itself. That's all coming up here on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Monty wasn't lying when she says it's going to take a while for this thing to wrap up in NASCAR because about 10 minutes ago it was 19 laps and the yellow is still out, so 16 to go. But Ryan Blaney's still in the lead. It is Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Bayer. Brian Noah's in the hot seat. Monty Bolaños, one of his three lifelines that he still has available. Chris Perfett and Bo Benson also available to him for a perfect score of 10 is the goal, Brian, and you are three for three, and easy is one, two, three, four. You ready to go back up? I am feeling fresh and revived right now. All right. Name three of four countries that made up the final round of the men's ice hockey competition at the 1980 Lake Placid Placid Winter Olympics. Okay. It sounded daunting at first, but I think I got this, Dan, because we know the U.S. beat Russia, right? Yes. We got, got the U.S. We got the Soviet Union, and we know that Team USA beat Finland for gold. So that should be three of our four right there, right? All right. All right. No lifelines needed. By the way, checking in with the lifelines. Do you guys feel left out at all that, that no has not needed your help? Bo Benson? Well, Monty was ready to jump in for that one. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she had she had Finland on lock. <laughs> I was going to go to the restroom if he called on me. No, I'm, I'm in, I, I was like, I'm using, no, I can't do this. I'm enjoying watching this uh, Brian No uh, Masterclass on yeah. the pitch. I got oh. tears in my eyes. All right, yeah, show nice. me the United States. There it is. Show me the Soviet Union. Show me Finland. Six for six. We also would have taken Sweden as an answer if you needed. That was the other team in the final round. How it was done back then was you played in group play, and then the top two teams in group play went on to the final round. However, your meeting from the group play was carried over. So the U.S. and Sweden were in the same group. They didn't have to play Sweden again. Their outcome was actually carried to the table in the 1980 uh, Winter Olympics. So that outcome was set, just like the Soviet Union-Finland game was set so they only had two games to play and to your point that's why they played the soviet union and then finland and those were the only two games it wasn't a gold medal game it wasn't that finland won it was just that they had to play finland and how they oh, did wow. the round robin gotcha. interesting yeah. yes so six for six but still the over under at play because it's eight and a half okay. and if you only get a couple of these on the last one you still may hit the under uh-oh. But if you get three, you got the over, the and you get four, on, you get the perfect game. It's kind of like Family Feud, where you might have crushed it early on, but it's all about that last puzzle, right? That's where all the money is. If you don't get that right, you're not going and forward. I, I will say yeah. this, Brian, because it's up to you, because you can use your lifelines. You open the door whenever. You've got all okay. of them available. Okay. If you don't want to use any of them, you don't have to, but mm-hmm. here is your final question, and it does have to do with the NFL, and it is probably my favorite question of the four that we've got today. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready. Name four of the five NFL teams to have never hosted a playoff game in their current stadium. Ooh. Four of the five NFL teams to have never hosted a playoff game in their current home stadium. Wow. Okay. So we we got a little bit of time here to stretch our legs out <laughs> because that that's a little bit of a tricky one yes. right there. A okay. lot of factors into play. 
Yeah. By the oh, way, man. another wreck in NASCAR, so the caution's going to be out again. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in to okay. Dan Patrick for the final laps. No, just kidding. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying. Initially, I'm thinking about newer stadiums, so let's go with the Raiders, right? Okay. Raiders haven't been there since Allegiant, so we can lock the Raiders in. Um, let's see. The um, the Chargers should be on that list. They haven't been in SoFi very long. I don't think they've hosted a playoff game the last couple of years. They lost in Jacksonville, so the Chargers have to be on that list. So we got a couple on them. All right. On there. Um, okay. I'm going to just survey the glass just while Brian thinks. Just give me a thumbs up or down if you have a team in mind. All right. I'm seeing some thumbs up. All right. Thumbs up. All right. I'm seeing some wavering on on another one. Okay. Um, Man, this is going to be tough. There are a lot of factors. Again, naming four of the five NFL teams who have never hosted a playoff game in their current stadium. Yeah. Um. Let's see. It's been a long time, but the Dolphins did it in their their current stadium. It's been renamed, but it's the same stadium. Yes. Um. The wow, this is tough, Dan. Dan, I, this hey, is tough. A perfect game is a perfect game, whether you use a lifeline or not. So, I think you may want to go that route. Okay. Um. I'm definitely going to no use the lifeline the here. By the, by the way, just to let you know and let everyone know, we love to use the lifelines. I think it adds to the segment to hear what the voices say. So maybe they, you know, maybe yeah. they could provide some information and some levity to the situation and the high stakes of a perfect game. Sounds you, good to me. You want okay. Bo, Chris, or Monty? You know, because Monty's got to hit the bathroom soon. You know what yeah. I mean? Let's go with Monty first. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. So going <laughs> with with newer stadiums. Uh huh. Falcon Stadium isn't that one fairly new-ish? You're right. You're right. Yes, because like, I was going back to when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Right. They probably were still in their old one. So now we've got Mercedes-Benz that, with like uh-huh. the shutter camera opening of the top of it. I think you're right, Monty. I think the Falcons are on the list. I think so. Only because I, I think it's a newer stadium. So I'm with you on that whole thought process. Yeah. I like that one. Okay. okay. I think Monty provided one All right, right, All right. there. All right. We'll see if right. she's good or not. Let's go with Bo. Let's see if uh, Bo's got anything on this. Uh, well, <laughs> that's not a good start. No, that's yeah the good. the team the team that I was thinking of were the Dolphins, but you would know if they'd hosted a playoff game since you're a fan. So, yeah, uh, I would I would lean the Browns, but they made it. They hosted the Steelers. Did they host the Steelers that year? Yeah. Okay, that's that. Then uh, the only other guess I would have is the. Uh, Wildly successful New York Jets. I'm not sure if they've hosted a playoff game. You might be right about that's one of those borderline ones. That new where, new MetLife. I don't think yeah. uh, with Mark Sanchez. I think they were Road Warriors. Yeah, you might be right about that. All right, it's time for the final answer. Unless you want to ask Chris his thoughts. Let's ask Chris. Let's get in here, Chris. You, you got anything here, man? I know it is slim pickings I, now that we've talked about I, it. For- I cannot remember off the top of my head if the Falcons had their good season in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium or I don't think right. so. Time don't think is up. long enough. Give me the okay. answers. You I'm got- locking it in. Raiders, Chargers, Falcons, Jets. Raiders, Chargers, Falcons, Jets? Yep. Show me the Raiders. Bingo. Right on the mark. Show me the Los Angeles Chargers. All right. Now for the over. Show me the Atlanta Falcons. 
Yay! All right, here we are. Good and job, for the perfect game, show me the New York Jets. There it is. Ten for ten. Teamwork. Let's go. And to make you feel even better, the Cleveland Browns were the other team. Oh, they were. Oh. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Rolling along on a Sunday, and we're gonna get we're gonna get that checker in Atlanta. That checkered flag's gonna come down at some point or another. He is Brian No. I'm Dan Byer. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over ten thousand recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Brian No coming off of his perfect game and easy as one, two, three, four. It is funny on how certain things stick in your mind and other things like leave, but you guys nailed that. The teamwork in getting the the question of the five NFL teams, and we just needed four of them, that have never hosted a playoff game in their current stadiums. Smart move by you, no. That's half the problem in, in figuring this out of like, all right, let's go to the new ones, right? There, uh-huh. There's where we could find some. But to think that the Cleveland Browns haven't hosted a game since they returned to the NFL – Wow. And that the Jets, you know, in their problems, but then you realize, hey, the dominance of the the Patriots during that time, and even when they were, you know, winning games, and the Jets haven't won many in the last decade or so, but yeah, never hosted a playoff game at MetLife. I crazy. kick myself when I hate on correct advice from one of the lifelines. So Bo Benson is like, how about the Browns? And I'm like, no, not the Browns. <laughs> Because Baker had the four touchdown throws. It was on the road in Pittsburgh. Bo was completely right. I think it's hilarious. But I'm like, no, not Cleveland. And you're like, Cleveland was right. The funny <laughs> thing about that, I actually thought you were referencing the first time that the Browns played the Steelers back in like, was it 04, 05, 06, Kelly, oh, Kelly Holcomb yeah. days? Yeah. And it was an it was a afternoon game, so you had that look. That's right. Of, you know, of the Ohio, Pennsylvania game in you know early January playoff game and to know because they were both relatively new stadiums at the time there isn't like a different feel for them either right I mean like not you know Heinz Field you know whatever it's called now and you know the Brown Stadium 
Obviously, there's orange seats and yellow seats, but when the camera's just on the field, sure. like they look very similar. They so. do. They really do. And you talk about a photo finish. Did you see this thing in NASCAR, Dan? Oh, they were like neck and neck. It looks like Suarez won it. But. Wait, he no, he didn't win. Monty, who just uh, Monty's nodding her head. Who actually won the race? Uh, Monty Bolaños, can you give us the uh, the update? Daniel Suarez. There it is. That's, so it's <laughs> oh yeah, Daniel my bad. Suarez. My bad. Yeah, I did say it right. <laughs> <laughs> but he won by like they showed the picture. It was like a hair. It a was hair. Yeah, they had to confirm it. But he they yeah. were three abreast. Three abreast at the start-finish <laughs> line right there. They were. 47 lead changes, which is a new track record for this race. Wow. Yeah. Laney had the lead, and then yeah. Bubba Watson made a push, and three wide going into the home stretch. This is the 405 every day. They're only going five <laughs> miles right. an hour. Though that's, that is the problem. Oh, yeah. Suarez and Blaney, toe-to-toe, as you said, uh, by a hair, uh, Daniel Suarez. Oh, was that yeah. good? Was that good? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good Daniel, Daniel Suarez. I just try to take out letters, really consonants, when Monty says it. That's, <laughs> that's the tips that I use. You know, well, some uh, Spanish speakers, they just drop letters all the time, like Cuban speakers. They, like, I don't know what letter they drop, so sometimes I'm like, oh, that's what you're saying. Uh, Everyone's different. Suarez, Suarez has got a good first name, though, so uh, so good for him picking okay. up the checkered flag. What, you don't like my first name? That's pretty... Yeah, no, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty... It's good. Yes, it's good. Yeah. It's better than I, look, some you names You can hate nowadays. on me for a lot of stuff. I just no. didn't think my first name no. would be... Oh, gosh, that guy no. is... Dan, what Dan. kind of name is that? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, finder at Monty Bolaños. Hit him up at the No Show. You can find me at Dan Pyre on Fox. Uh, you take the good with the bad. The good this week, we got more and more info on the EA Sports College football game that's going to be released this summer. We'll give our thoughts uh, at the bottom of the hour on what this game should include. But as college football fans, Brian, know uh, oh, they man. just can't help themselves sometimes. And we're talking about the College Football Playoff Committee, who's prepping for a 12-team bracket that we found out it's going to be the five plus seven model but they didn't want to stop there this week is now conversations already turning to expanding the college football playoff dan i don't get it man i really don't we haven't seen one season yet of 12 teams and they're already discussing 14 teams (laughs) We're, we're expanding possibly before 12 team expansion We're talking about this. This would be as early as 2026, which means we'd only have two years of 12 teams, and then we'd get to at least 14 teams by 2026. I don't like where this is headed, man. I don't, because as soon as we're starting to talk about, hey, 16 teams and maybe some automatic qualifying spots for the Big Ten and the SEC, I hate hearing that, man. And I I would love it to be 12 teams for going there. I wish we could see all of these games except the championship game be at home stadiums because that's a a realistic way to keep a lot of the importance in the regular season intact where you're not going to see as many scenarios if that were the case. All home games except the, the championship game, just like the Super Bowl. Maybe you have it at the Rose Bowl every single year. But there's no way at the end of a regular season with 12 teams, you're shutting it down. You're going all out until the end because you want to have home games all the way through the playoff. That'd be a way to keep the regular season intact. Instead, they're doing the opposite. They're like, hey, 
How about automatic qualifiers for Big Ten and SEC teams? And then expand it to 16 teams potentially. And you're not keeping the regular season importance intact. And I don't know why we're so beholden to bowl games anyway. I just keep the Rose Bowl as the championship game. Screw the Fiesta Bowl. Screw the sure. Sugar Bowl. You think that's a better atmosphere than a home stadium? You're out of your mind. It'd be way better at home stadiums instead of these bowl games. The crazy thing about it is they had to make this adjustment because when they agreed on the six plus six models, when you had five power, you know, conferences, and then they ended up having to make the adjustment because of the demise of the Pac-12. So then they adjusted in a way where it's the power four now, and then the group of five that's getting the the automatic, you know, bids and locking them up and putting them in the top four ranked teams of those five champions getting the buy. Mm-hmm. That that's the other part of it of just yeah, to your point of of evaluating and and making the regular season valuable, those four buys are a big deal. And yeah. and I know they're likely g- gonna be determined in your conference championship game, but it does allow you to continue to play. And if you just have a bracket of 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 what we've got of you know, maybe even expanding to 16 at some point, it does take away some of the urgency to win those games. You just want to make sure you're in the playoffs. You want to make sure that your team is healthy. Yeah, you could you could see. Could you imagine Ohio State and Michigan being like, we're going to rest our starters um, yeah. because we've got, uh, you know, a round of 16 game and we don't want our quarterback uh, to get hurt or, you know, a 14. We're not going to get one of the top two seeds. So we're going to do that. That is a real possibility yeah. if you continue to expand the bracket with the way it is. I, like at 12, it works out great. But if you start to, to move past that, you're going to start to have that and you're going to lose some rivalries that are played at the end of the year. Absolutely. How horrible would that be if you've got Ohio State and Michigan and depending on the situation, they're like, it's probably better just to like shut it down. No. <laughs> like, or if we lose, eh, it's a shrug of the shoulders. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's a terrible situation. And think if this moves to sixteen games uh, or sixteen teams, Dan, you would have a situation where as long as you get in and you're one of the sixteen teams, it might actually benefit you if you don't get to your conference championship game. You don't have that extra game to play. If you're just playing at a neutral site, who cares? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That extra rest might do you more good than to get to your conference championship game and win it. And that's just like, what are we doing at this point if that is a realistic outcome? I, I hate where it's headed. And I'm not all against, like, oh, expansion, I'm out. I don't want any of it. I think 12 teams can work really well. But we haven't even gotten to 12, and they're starting to talk about 14. And it just makes you wonder, with all the crazy realignment and so much change in college football, it's like, what are the next four years going to look like? Mm-hmm. It looked like we'd be stuck with or set with 12 for a little while. We might be set for two years with 12, and who knows where it goes from that point on. It's like this. You always talk about DTR, define the relationship. You know, are we just hanging out? Are, are we, like, in a committed relationship? What are we doing here, right? That's how I feel with college football. What exactly is the relationship that I'm in? I don't know what it is. And I'm still going to be there because I love the sport, but it's frustrating not having any sort of an idea of what realignment, 
what the playoff structure is going to look like. You don't have it like that in the NFL at all. And it's just a yearly occurrence in college football. There are going to be unintended consequences that we just don't know or that are going to pop up in this 12-team bracket. And then you're going to just have to put Band-Aids around it if you expand in in two years. Like The real problems will not be able to be addressed because you've already committed to doing something with 14 teams. And and listen, I'm, I'm flexible with some of this stuff. In, a, in hearing of the expanding of the playoffs, Brian, I was completely against the conferences holding – conference championship games, and now I've done a complete 180 on it where I think that you should, if you get into a, if you're a power four conference and you get into that championship game and you're one of the top, you know, 11 teams in the country, that you should get that bid. Like that conference championship game should not hurt you for losing it. It can help you because you would win and get that first round by because you could be one of the high you know one you'd be a conference champ and so then all you'd have to be is ranked higher than one other conference champion and that's who's going to get the buy so there's value in playing the conference championship game but you also can't penalize a team hmm. that ended up finishing second in their conference that season and then have them play almost an unnecessary game against the top team and knock them out of the running Right. That like that. I think that is so important once they once they defined it this week. And this was even before all the 14 talk came about. Like if you make it to the Big 12 title game or the SEC title game of the Big 10 and the ACC wouldn't have been like Louisville wasn't in the top 11 or 12 this past year. They were 14th, I believe, when they ended up playing in the ACC championship game against Florida State. But if you're in the top 11, like the committee should not be, ah, geez, they lost to Michigan in the Mm -hmm. Big Ten. Like, that's not fair. Then that's completely against, and you're letting a team that's sitting at home have an opportunity to then slide into the bracket when they didn't have to play Michigan because they weren't as good as the regular season. So those are like even things that we're looking at right now. And so when you're looking at like the at-large portion of it, I'm sure the Big Ten and the SEC are like, well, if we make it this way, not only will it be more you know advantageous for us, it's more advantageous for us to have the Florida States join our league, to mm-hmm. leave their conference. And it should be no surprise considering Greg Sankey and the SEC were negotiating with Texas and Oklahoma when they're trying to put this thing together, right? You know, to to basically dismantle the Big 12. But at the time, the Big 12 thought they were all being a part of these discussions, not knowing what the SEC and Texas and Oklahoma knew. So if you're these other conference commissioners, I'm, I'm scared out of my mind what the SEC and Big 10 actually have up their sleeve if they're wanting to expand to 14. Yeah, it's a good point by you because – If you're just looking at the 12-team portion of this, there's such a reaction to what happened last season, which is, well, Florida State was on the outside looking in. They were number five. Now that we go to 12 teams, that problem's solved as if all problems are solved. And what you're laying out is true. If we're looking at the loser of the SEC championship game, well, depending on where they're seated and if they're ranked lower than say a team that didn't win its conference championship game or right like depending on the scenario it might not shake out in a way where you agree with it who's seated where 1 through 12 there can be a lot of disagreement as far as that goes with significant consequences who's playing who who's playing where all that type of stuff i'm more focused on Man, when we're talking about expansion before expansion, we're talking about 14 teams before we have 12 teams. We've gotten into this realm where 
everybody's just looking out for themselves instead of what's best for college football. And you've seen it with the demise of the Pac-12 where they could have expanded years ago and they chose not to. And now it's done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think it creates such fear of we, we can't be that team. We can't be that conference. That can't happen to us. And now it just becomes this like Lord of the Rings precious type thing yeah. where you're just guarding what's best for you instead of what's best for college football as a whole. And I think we're just going to see more and more of that. And that's that's brutal, man. For this to really go south, college football has been so special for so long. And they could really screw this up in terms of the playoff format and everything that's tied to that. I, you know, I fi- what I find interesting right now in college basketball, in in this, and it's I know it it doesn't equate to football, but just at least you know humor me with your attention on this point. Yeah, the Big Twelve has developed into one heck of a basketball league. You know, Houston's in the league now. They're probably going to win the conference, you know, in a, in a league that that Kansas has dominated. And you've got mm-hmm. some really, really good schools in the Big 12. The Big 12 may have that opportunity to do that in football. I It, it seems unlikely with the domination of, of the Big 10 and the SEC. But on the surface, you're like, OK, maybe maybe that conference can arrive, you know, arrive. Maybe maybe there's something there. But the problem is, is what's happened in the past is the SEC and the Big 10 are not going to let that happen. Yeah. Because, you know, if I'm Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, I'm not trusting anything that Greg Sankey has to say, considering the history, again, of what the SEC did to the Big 12 in trying to think that they were in on something together and that they were going to get in on something. All the while, the SEC is talking with Texas and Oklahoma to leave that league. And you have to think that the same is happening with Florida State, with the litigation going on between the conference and and that school there. And then the other schools that are there, like there is no way that I would do anything in trying to expand what is happening right now that would allow the Big Ten or SEC to even get more of a stronghold on college sports and, and specifically football than they already have. But yeah, maybe they're falling sucker to it. I, I've it, it sure seems that way. Yeah, when you stop and think about it, Dan, you make a lot of sense. And I mean, this is taking it to the extreme, but think of college football. It's a little bit like rival gangs. You know, like there's just history. There's bad blood. There have been things that have happened where how can I trust you, right? And now we're expecting these conferences to work together yeah. <laughs> like for, for the best of college football. And what you said is true in a lot of aspects. That's just not realistic, which makes it even scarier, right? Like how can you, with the history being what it is, if one conference is screwed over another conference or, you know, taking yeah. these teams, how can, you know, that how alliance can you not, that the right. Big Ten had with the ACC That's and the right. Pac-12. Yeah. The alliance lasted for like a day and a half. And the next <laughs> thing you know, teams are getting poached and the whole thing. Like Now, all of a sudden, with all of that history and bad blood, you're supposed to trust that conference or not look out for your best interests. So I get that, but I think they take it to the extreme. And I think you've got to be able to find a way to not just think about your conference, your history, your agenda. You got to look at college football at a whole. And we're seeing example after example where that, that just isn't the case. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll even say this. And, and I, I, I think you agree with me as a college football fan. It doesn't matter on what the landscape of college football is. 
I just don't think the sport needs a 16-team playoff or a 14-team playoff. I yeah. think 12 is good. I don't like the I NFL expanding to, to to 14. And I know that there's me, you know <laughs> many fewer teams in the National Football League than there are in college football, but realistically, I just yeah. don't. I, mean, I, I agree. And think, Dan, what if they said, okay, NFL, we're going to expand it to 14 teams, which they have right now. Imagine when they did that a few years ago. They said, and we're going to have a couple of automatic qualifiers for the NFC East. And, <laughs> and also, you know what I mean? Yes. And also yeah. the AFC West. Yeah. Just because yeah. we think there are money makers. You'd be like, what are we doing right? Are you serious? You can't have that. Yeah. You earn your way in, not just because of your conference affiliation. Oh, and uh, Dallas is clinched in week 13. So yeah. they've got their, they, they're an automatic qualifier. Right. <laughs> the Cowboys are locked in. Uh, he's crazy. Brian No, I'm Dan Byer. We're locked in on college football. And I mentioned the college football game. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what the new EA Sports College Football 25 needs to include. I've got some ideas. I'm sure Brian does as well. Bo Benson, huge college football fan, our executive producer. He may have some thoughts as well. We'd love to hear from you. Hit him up at the No Show. You can hit me up at Dan Byer on Fox. That's coming up next. Also, a make-or-break deal for one coach in football. Mm, maybe it's just not getting the breaks he needed. We'll explain what that all means next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome in to Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian Noah and Dan Byer. Cruising along on a Sunday night. We hope you're with your loved ones cuddling up by the fire as we talk sports here on FSR. Hit them up on the no-show at the no-show. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. All right, grooving on a Sunday afternoon. Having a good time. Actually, Sunday Well done. Do you have history East. as like a, an R&B <laughs> DJ there? No. I do like the R&B a little bit, but I had to drop the voice down. This feels like something that you'd... Uh, you know, maybe go out on a nice Sunday night with the, you know, the significant other. Yeah. Have a nice glass of wine, cuddle up by the fire. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the baby. Thumbs yeah. down from Mary Mack. That is yeah. not, 
That is not happening. That's not. It's not what she's feeling right now. No, that's not, what I was not like. Uh, yeah, baby, I got some it's nuggets and warriors. <laughs> it's, right oh, it's now. the wrong. Oh, what what what's wrong? Why? No, what this was... this song is uh, back in the day. It's a rap song. Yeah. All right, but all right, great. Yeah. Hey, I thought that the the beat uh, felt pretty good, right? Yeah. You know, don't use your youth on us, Mary Mac. Okay, you know, like some of us are old. <laughs> all right, we don't know all the music that's playing back. Mary Mac's got one request when Dan Byer is in the chair. Mary Mac, what is that request? I actually don't know what that request. Yes, is. you do, Mary Mac. Don't play stupid. Come on. <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> Brian, no, I hate it when they come back with songs with lyrics. Oh yeah, no, you like instrumentals. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, yes. You like instrumentals. Yeah. I do not need to be shouting over someone else. Yeah, like yeah, I just, yeah. just give Never me the mind. music, yep. and we will move on from there. I, yes, that is a that is a big. Yeah. Yeah, there are sometimes when all it is are words are playing, and then you're just fighting. You're a words battle. You're yeah. like Cam Newton fighting over words at a seven on seven camp. Uh, you're That's right. That's what it is. I know how that feels because you're like, we're coming to you live to the Geico Studios. Tirewreck.com <laughs> uh, Studios. Uh, you can, uh, and you're just battling with this. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that, Dan. You're right about that. Uh, we are live for the Tirewreck.com Studios. The UCLA coaching job, uh, coaching jobs, I'm going to say, because it's trickled down, has had so many interesting twists and turns and took another this week as they have now hired an associate head coach and offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy. Man, yeah, and the first thing I think of, Dan, is what happened last season, which led into this hiring, where you have Eric Bieniemy. He wasn't a head coach in the NFL. He settles for the offensive coordinator job in Washington, I think he was the assistant head coach or the associate head coach, whatever fancy title they gave. And at the time, remember how much conversation they wa- there was where, well, Ron Rivera, once they kick him to the curb, it'll just be the enemy, right? That's how it's going to go. Nope, not so much. It was a disaster last season. Sam Howell, you know, breaking news, not one of the upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFL. The offense struggles. The enemy's out of a gig. And now he's set to be the O.C., at UCLA, and so I just think about make-or-break seasons, kind of like crossroads seasons, where if things have gone had gone a lot differently for Biennemi last season with Washington, this wouldn't be the reality right now. So if you play that game with either coaches or players where they have a make-or-break type season, good example would be Baker Mayfield last year. If Baker Mayfield didn't play well in Tampa – I don't know that he's a starting quarterback for any team going forward in 24, but now he's set to get a pretty good payday in Tampa. That that was a make-or-break season that worked out, but there are examples on both sides where it works out or it doesn't work out. It's I do think with Biennemi, it's funny because I, I didn't hear him taking over in Washington because of the turmoil. Like I viewed Biennemi as being like, I guess I need to go somewhere and call the plays. Like if I'm going to be a head coach – in the National Football League, I need to go somewhere and call the place. And the unfortunate thing about it was that Washington was the only place that was willing to give him that opportunity where you basically had a lame duck head coach. Ending up, you had a lame duck owner, you know, who then also ends up having a front office that ends up being cleaned out. Like, considering, like, I just don't think it's fair for Eric Bieniemy in this situation of how things turned out to really use Washington against him. 
But I get what you're saying. Like, you're there, you're on the sidelines of the Chiefs, you're coaching Patrick Mahomes every day, and now you're at UCLA, who's about to change conferences, and you have no idea where they are in their pecking order, and their head coach left to go become an offensive coordinator within that league. Like, that is a downfall. I, I, yeah, I just, I feel like, you know, like he was put in a spot where, all right, I guess I got to make this work, and just the odds were against him. And yeah, for as, as great as Sam Howell may have been in flashes, you're 100% right. He's not your long-term answer, especially now where you're picking in the draft. And to think that the team basically gave up on the season, you know, around week 9 or 10 and ended up trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young and to set them up for the quarterback, it's just a tough, tough spot to rebound. And, and now you're at UCLA, you know, when all of this happens, and yeah, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, it's wild that, the last couple of years have gone this way. And think about that too, where, you know, Bienemy left Kansas City to go to Washington. Kansas City won another Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yep. Right? Like, yes. that doesn't yep. help. Uh, he had to settle for Washington. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's one thing to not get a head coaching job. But to then be the OC in Washington with Sam Howell, and it's like, this is going to be an uphill battle. It didn't work out. Now he's in college at UCLA. It's wild that the last couple of years have played out this way, but that's really, Dan, how much was writing, fair or not, on last year in Washington? I'm with you. It's not as if he had a who's who to work with offensively when the quarterback is Sam Howell, you know, yeah, and he just dropped the ball, didn't get it done. I can't chalk everything up to be enemy solely. That would be reckless, but it didn't work out. And they cleared house with the coaching staff and this is what's left. So it's wild that he had to go to Washington to begin with. And you could argue that, like, was that the only opportunity? Was that the best opportunity yeah, you for know, you to go there? It, yeah. Now when you say that, it's funny because I think that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of angst and towards Eric Bieniemy and saying, you know, it, I shouldn't say that there's a lot. There's a group of people who are saying, why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting jobs? And then there's a group of people that are saying, see, this is why Eric Bieniemy doesn't get any jobs. Hmm. I just feel like the people who are saying the latter and being like, see, this is why I didn't get any jobs are pointing to this when this was a this is part of the reason. Like, we're, why did he have to settle for Washington? You know, like, why did he have to go to a situation where we felt it was a lame duck head coach? Why did he just have not even a really full season to show his stuff, considering that organization uh, from top to bottom? was looking to change from quarterback all the way up to ownership. Things were changing with the commanders, you know, over the next six to 12 months. And that's, you know, that's, I, I think a lot of people will pile on the enemy for that, um, but they would pile on him for it anyway. And I don't know how right. much, you know, this is really, you know, really his fault, but you're right. I mean, it is a, I, I don't want to use the term fall from grace because it's, it's not a fall from grace at all. It's just, Man, look at how this has ended up. Didn't think that this right. road would would get to that point. And there's there's other ends of that story. You mentioned Baker Mayfield. I think Joe Flacco is the trophy, the poster boy of it, right? Oh yeah, sure. You know, for the Super Bowl season when they won in Super Bowl forty seven, betting on himself. You know, yeah. just in 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 going back and reading about that, he and the Ravens were off by about a million dollars per year when he turned down their offer and played out the final year of his contract, and then they go and win the Super Bowl, and he gets all that and more. Like it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, there are a lot of you know make or break seasons where 
Look at Sam Darnold. He had a, a year in Carolina. It didn't work out. If it did, he'd be in a different position right now. Or Mitch Trubisky, his fourth year in Chicago, didn't work out, and he's basically been a backup ever since. Where if if the light bulb goes on or he puts up big numbers, it, it's a different scenario. I just think with the enemy, what's so interesting, I'll say this fast, is it, it shows you, I know you want to prove yourself, you want to be the guy, and... And maybe you make a move that's a little bit too brash, where he would have been better off staying in Kansas City for another year, right? Like, can you imagine if he's a back-to-back Super Bowl champ as the sure. offensive coordinator? And sure, there'd be pl- people saying, "Well, Andy Reid calls the plays. Well, this, well, that." But I doubt that he only has Washington as the offensive coordinator gig. Looking at him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where. I, I think that there's something to be said for as much ambition as you have, as much as you want to prove, like, no, I got the goods. You got to look at it realistically. If I go to Washington or the equivalent, what are my chances realistically of proving I'm that guy? And if the answer is not great, well, then maybe that's not the opportunity to take. He's Brian No. I'm Dan Beyer. It is Fox Sports Sunday. Monty Bolaños is here to give us an update of what is going on on this uh, soon-to-be uh, Sunday evening in some parts, already Sunday evening and a lot of others. What's going on, Monty? we got a lot of NBA going on right now, fellas. 11 games today, but majority taking place right now. The Cavaliers have taken the lead over the Wizards, 76-69, late in the third quarter. The Magic are on top of the Hawks after the first quarter, 22-19. Hawks will be playing at least a month without their star, Trey Young. The team announced that he will be having surgery on his left pinky finger to repair a torn ligament, and that He's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. Atlanta is currently in 10th place in the Eastern Conference, so they're definitely going to miss them. The Rockets are on top of the Thunder after the first period, 34-31. to The Bulls are beating the Pelicans 30-23 to early in the second quarter. And the Warriors are up on the Nuggets 36-30 to after the first quarter. Nikola Jokic, 13 points. Clay Thompson, fourth game in a row coming off wow. the bench, 16 points. Listen. If he can figure it out off the bench, yeah. it's it's good for the Warriors. It'd be really good for them. Earlier today, props to him too, team They're guy. Cooked. You know? They're cooked. They're cooked. Yeah. They are. <laughs> they, but props to him, right? Yeah, I have flashback to, to, to yeah. Carmelo, like, hey Paul, they think I'm coming off the bench over here. Can you can, oh, you, can you believe that? that? So great. Yeah. Right? And Clay's just like, yep. Yeah, that's fine. I'll just ball out. It's he cool. didn't want to do it. So it's just good to see him still succeed, you know, like cause he was feeling really down on himself. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to not be to be at one point so great and then just not anymore. Uh, three games have already finished in the NBA. The Bucks beat the 76ers, 119-98. The Suns defeated the Lakers in Phoenix, 123-113. And the Pacers outscored the Mavericks, 133-111. In college hoops, top 25 action, three games already took place. St. John's with the upset over number 15, Creighton, 80-66. Number three, Purdue beat Michigan, 84-76. And number seven, Marquette uh, beat Xavier easily, 88-64. On the ice, again, the Rangers are trying to win 11 in a row. That's not going to be easy. The Blue Jackets are on top 3-2 to two with less than five minutes to go in the second period. And Daniel Suarez is your NASCAR winner at the Am Better Health 400 race in Atlanta. Ryan Blaney came in second, followed by Kyle Busch. And in Major League Baseball, the Dodgers are expected to hire Matt Kemp in an advisory role. Welcome back, Kemp. It's been fun, guys. Back to you. Oh, you're not done yet, Monsi. I'm not? The most memorable sporting event of your life. What oh, do you... What do you... You know, I... Um, 
What stands out? That stands out that I was there, like, actually. No, that's not what I'm asking. Just but, the most memorable sports. But this one just does stand out, and, and I was okay. there. It was uh, the World Series game that the Dodgers had against the Red Sox. That was seven hours and, like, 23 minutes. Mm. I was there. Max oh, Muncy wow. hit a walk-off homer. Um, it was, like, 13 innings or something like that, and they stopped serving food at 7 innings so it was like really rough guys uh and then people were leaving but at that point you i was like i'm not leaving like i've made it this far even though i have to be back tomorrow for work i don't even remember that remotely happening that is that is where it registers on my sports i i don't remember a play i don't remember a 18 innings monzi 18 innings two full yeah and seventh inning was when they stopped like serving alcohol and they ran out of food they only had like hot chocolate left, and it was just. But you had to stay. You know, once you committed, yeah, I had to stay. Definitely compares to the U.S. beating the Soviet Union. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. hot chocolate yeah. shortage at Dodger Stadium when it was a, a like- freezing forty six degrees as it entered the fifteen innings. That yeah. is, you know, Dan. Sorry, I, you know, Mary Mack gave me a thumbs down like car. ten minutes ago and completely just ruined my mood. Like just you know, like all she had to do is just give me the two thumbs up I'm like sorry. good job dan you know i, just, I couldn't let you not couldn't let you yeah. live that down it was misinformation yeah there was no misinformation there was no information mary <laughs> mac there was none there was none i can't believe you don't even know it's that song that's you were alive when that song came out I yeah we all alive. were probably alive <laughs> so i, I <laughs> fox great. sports sunday thanks monty yeah, have a great yeah. weekend thanks, yes thanks. good times <laughs> yes oh man where do we go? You know, I there, you know, we are going to talk memorable sporting events. The hot cocoa shortage isn't the only thing that we've all remembered <laughs> since the miracle on ice. He's Brian No, I'm Dan Beyer. It's all next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Dan Beyer. Thanks for hanging out with us. Still got a little bit more to go. Uh, it's been uh, great. Uh, we've reminisced. We've looked ahead. When we were reminiscing, we were looking back at what happened 44 years ago Thursday. And if you're maybe living under a rock this week or living under a rock 44 years ago, this is here to refresh your memory. Oh, 
Al Michaels with the call, ABC from 1980 with that as just the really the most memorable sports moment I, th- I think that we have of, of, of many generations. But when we look at from that point until today, it is intriguing to look back in, in what is considered, it's funny, Brian, in what is considered special and in, in, in top of the tops because when Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider, joined us, he brought up Georgetown Villanova in 85 yeah. in college hoops. And I yeah. made a list of you know of you know sports by each sport what I thought was the biggest moment, and for college basketball I put down Duke beats UNLV in '91. Ooh, and, that's a good one by you. And and, but, a, and I think yeah. you can argue both, right? Considering what Georgetown was um, back then and what Villanova did, uh, Duke and UNLV, and remember Duke was the team that went to the Final Four, went to the championship game, and couldn't win it. Up until that point, and then they beat UNLV in the national semifinal. But I put, uh, you know, Duke UNLV when we were talking about college hoops of memorable sports moments. Man, and I, you can make an argument for a couple of Duke games because the game against Kentucky was legendary yeah. with you know the pass from Grant Hill to Christian Leitner, and Leitner was perfect that game. That was an absolutely legendary game, and again, not a championship game. I don't know. That was the Elite Eight, wasn't it? Yeah, regional it? final in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yep. yeah, not even the Final Four, but that was one of the legendary performances by Christian Leitner and Duke. Um, man, you could go in a lot of different directions for college basketball, but those three, like the two that – well, the one you mentioned, the one I mentioned, and the one Cap mentioned with Villanova, those are three of the heavy hitters right there for sure. Yeah, especially to, to for the test of time, you know, to try to – for for what still lingers, yeah, you know what the Duke Kentucky game because of Leitner being perfect, yeah, and and what that Kentucky team was, you know, was so much to it. But just to think back of what it was like in in 1991, it almost feels like UNLV was the Soviet Union, right? And here's Duke as you know the USA and coming like there was there was no chance. I in fact that game, I remember cheering for Duke in that game. Because of of who they were and and what we thought of and where you know UNLV was just so dominant at that time in the the group of players to to actually have that come to fruition, just crazy. Yeah, two quick things. I got to work with Jerry Tarkanian in Fresno for two years, where he hosted a coach's show on our station, and so I worked with Tark closely for a couple of years. Best dude ever. Love Tark to death. I can't honestly tell you who I was rooting for. I don't remember in that Duke UNLV game, but I think in the doc, I hate Christian Leitner, where I, I believe it was that game. There were a couple of late free throws by Leitner, mm-hmm. and Coach K is retelling the story. We're on the bench. He just has this smirk on his face, and he's like, I got him. And then it was just swish, swish. Think about that, Dan, the pressure in that moment. And oh. you're on the bench like, I got him. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> he, he was one of the best college basketball players ever. There's most accomplished when you consider the clutchness and not only the Kentucky shot. Uh, he also beat UConn in, a, in an Elite Eight uh, on a buzzer beater. What he did. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, it's yeah, he was he was the I have buddies who say he's the greatest college basketball player they've ever seen. Now, the actual player and what he's done, I would actually argue his teammate Grant Hill is probably the greatest college basketball right. player I've yeah. ever seen. But yeah. for what Leitner did, how he did it, when he did it, and what he did, uh, it's very, very tough to argue. Dan, if you go back to the Miracle on Ice thing, 
like the the biggest moment in the NBA. What did you write down for that? And, and say that again. Sorry, I just said something in my ear. The, the, in the NBA, what did yeah. you have as the the biggest moment? LeBron in the and the NBA. Cavs in 2016, coming down from three one. That's tough to that's tough to outdo. Yeah, I know. There's flu game. There's a lot of Jordan stuff. There's you know, I'm sure Lakers wins, but to to rally to get for the for the city for yeah. Cleveland to to have that. The block and Kyrie's yeah. shot, sure. When they were when they were down three one against a seventy three win team, no one thought they were coming Mm-mm. back from that. Nobody. No. College yeah. fo- college football. I put Texas USC Rose Bowl. I yeah. may not believe it myself, but just in where it stands with everything, I think that that's that's kind of the one that stands up. But I don't think any of those rival what we saw in Lake Placid. I don't either. Forty four years ago. I don't either, but fun exercise. Yeah, great exercise. Let's do it again soon. For Brian No, I'm Dan Beyer. It's been Fox Sports Sunday. Talk to you later. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts